It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Well, let's talk some racing, shall we, on the Performance Motorsports Network as we begin another episode of the Stock Car Show, coming to you live, as always, well, almost always anyway, <laughs> from the Race City USA PMN Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina, and looking forward to a couple of hours of motorsports conversation with you on another nice, balmy Charlotte area, Mooresville, North Carolina evening. My name is Tom Baker. I am the CEO and senior editor of RacechaserOnline.com. I am joined at the roundtable by Jacob Seelman, the managing editor of RacechaserOnline.com, and via the Race Chaser Skype lines by two of our Midwest writers. We have both Cisco Scaramuza and Chris Murdoch with us this evening, and we are going to be joined in our studio a little bit later on by pass that is pro all-star series South super late model competitor, Cody Connor. And we've got uh, also Kyle Souza on deck. We'll hear from him and talk about uh, what went on in Florida last week with the world series of asphalt racing at uh, new Smyrna modified style. And we will talk about the super late model side of that as we go through the show as well. We start generally with the newswire, so we'll uh, get started there. And this week, kind of a bit barren, Jacob, as far as big news. But um, I like the fact that we've got a little David Reagan announcement to start with today, because this was pretty cool. Yes, this was pretty cool. And unfortunately, I don't have my uh, box of crickets back yet from down the street to signify how dead the newswire really was. <laughs> but leave it down the street. <laughs> As it is, the Georgia legislature honored David Reagan today in advance of the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 race weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Why? Because David, a Georgia native, is making his 400th, that's 400, Sprint. Uh, wow, there's a dollar in the jar. Oh, man, you were doing so <laughs> I was well. doing so good. Monster Energy NASCAR in. Cup Series start this weekend in Sunday's race. At least for now, it's Sunday's race. Yeah, at least for now. <laughs> yeah, stand by for news. Uh, yeah, that's that's a neat deal. And you know what, uh, Cisco, I, I, David Reagan is a driver who's been around a long, long time He's won a couple of races. He's certainly proven that he belongs at the cup level. And, you know, off the track, he is one of the most genuine, humble drivers in the garage. And I just think that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It's a great honor to have that. And for the state of Georgia to be like, hey, you go, David Reagan. So uh, add add it to the resume. Add it to the resume under accomplishments, you know. Won a plate track race and uh, got honored by the state of Georgia. Yeah. Chris Murdoch, you got Chase Elliott now from, uh, uh, oh, Dawsonville. Uh, Georgia chasing that 400 start record, and we assume that he will not only meet that but exceed it over the course of his career. But uh, David Reagan right now kind of carrying the mantle for the state of Georgia, and he hasn't he has been for a while. Yeah, it's awesome to see Georgia do that for David. He's done a lot for the sport, 
and, and he's been around for a long time and, and it's nice to see them doing from and like you said chase gonna be looking to chase that uh <laughs> that record you know and he'll, and he'll probably surpass it he's he's having a good start to the season got one siren as uh yeah. <laughs> They like to call it uh, going off already for one of those uh, duels. So he's off to a good start. Hopefully he can get some better luck uh, in Atlanta this week. Yeah, I'm sure he and David would both like to, uh, well, only Chase would actually get the siren. But uh, if if Chase gets the win this weekend, you're liable to hear the siren from the Atlanta Motor <laughs> Speedway. I don't know how far Dawsonville is away, but um, I think that's pretty cool that uh, we've got at least, and then Spencer Davis too, another Dawsonville Georgia native, yes. who's trying to make his way up the ranks to be part of. All and the that way too. I understand it, by the way, is that if Spencer Davis happens to get a big win, they'll also ring the siren. Oh, nice. Well, that'd be good. Well, hey, is, is he in the truck race again this weekend? I believe he's. I think he's entered. I yeah, think he's I in the. He is. The more siren, the better. This weekend. Well, I think one of them. I mean, he's. I think he's in one of the trucks. Um, I know Kyle's in the fifty-one this weekend. Okay. Uh, I was. Well, I was. Well, wait a minute. I thought Kyle was uh, racing that at Vegas. No, uh, Kyle's racing the four. I think in oh, Vegas. Okay. I get confused. They change drivers and trucks all around over there. You can't keep track of who's in which. You, you need a scorecard every week to keep track of the players. Kind of like Bush you need a scorecard to keep track of Austin Cindric. Yeah, yeah, you who's will. Who's going to be year. in the 12, by the way, this weekend. Yeah, and, you know, we can we can talk about that for a second, too, because, <laughs> boy, Austin didn't make any friends last week uh, in, in the Xfinity Series race uh, at Daytona. So hopefully... He has a little bit more of a smooth run in the 12 than he had in the 60 last week and uh, can turn some people's viewpoints around in that series. I think everybody agrees he's going to be a good driver, but wow, uh, there were a lot of uh, angry folk on the radio talking about old young Austin last week, Cisco. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't the most popular person in the garage area, they say, but... We're also not on a plate track this week anymore, so That's you do right. have the opportunity to uh, to regain some brownie points with some of the drivers because you aren't going to be pushing them, you know, around the track and maybe causing accidents or anything like yeah. that. No, honestly, it was it was, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, I I just thought it was interesting because I think sometimes Austin gets singled out a little bit because of what he did last year to uh, old Kaz Growl in the truck. I think uh, he's he probably gets singled out quicker than some of the other guys do, but. Going to be interesting to see what he can do. I think he's got a very bright future in that uh, in in the Penske organization. He just uh, needs to sort of find his his uh, rhythm, so to speak, and develop some consistency with the Xfinity car. And um, he'll certainly be able to do that because between the three cars he'll be driving, he will run the full season. Spencer Davis listed in the fifty one truck this weekend at Atlanta. So he will be back with Reem on board in Is the Kyle 51. Kyle Busch will be in the four. Okay. That's reversed of what they originally announced. I believe. They because, lie a lot. Yeah. I believe originally <laughs> it was supposed to be Kyle in the 51 and Spencer in the four. But again, they've played with so many different trucks and truck numbers. I yeah, lose track. So I, I give up. The entry list is what it is. Uh, Tyler Young back in the Young's Motorsports number 20 for, for this weekend. So uh, Tyler will be making his first start of the season. Bola Mastis once again in the DGR Crossley number 54. And here's one that's interesting for me. When uh, we look at the truck series roster, just because 
Uh, I wasn't sure the status of this truck, but uh, Akinori Ogata is listed in the MB Motorsports number 63. Yay. For this weekend in Atlanta. Much so, excite. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to see Mike Mittler back at the track. Absolutely. And uh, we continue to pass our prayers for Mike as he battles uh, his challenges and hope that he continues to get better. I agree. It would be great to see him there this weekend. Uh, and Jesse Little, by the way, uh, going to be in the lineup as well. His own truck, the number 97 or uh, 297, as it's listed here on the resume or on the uh, entry list. I've for never some understood why NASCAR does the whole. I don't know. One ninety-seven, two ninety-seven. Thing. What's the highest it's ever gone? Has there been a nine ninety-seven or a no? 9? Well, I, because I think if you have three ninety-sevens on the entry, it's something about it, 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 once you register it, it's yours, whether you're entered in a race or not. So then right. they officially make right. the next one like a one ninety-seven, then it'd be a two ninety-seven. But you know, I don't know. I don't get it. it Again, sometimes I think NASCAR is too official and technical for its own good. <laughs> Hashtag overcomplicated. Yeah, exactly. So should be an interesting truck race, though, guys. I think you look at last weekend, and I mean, I don't know how much you learn, actually, from Daytona about any of the three series, really, because it's you don't. just such a <laughs> different style of racing. But I, I do believe that one thing we can be sure of, and that is that GMS Racing is going to be a tough truck team to beat as a whole because I do believe that Justin Haley will go to Atlanta and he will be, I think the confidence that he got out of that run at Daytona will make him that much better and perform that much better at the other tracks this year, Jacob. I agree, and I also believe that he will be very confident because they had speed on mile-and-a-half racetracks at the end of last year in a big way. This is a style of racing that he feels comfortable with, he likes, and I think he feels like he can be very aggressive going into this weekend. I believe you see that 24 truck contend for a victory. I don't care. Well, okay, Back up a minute. I do care that Kyle Busch is in the field because I wish he wasn't. Yeah. But beyond from that, remember, we saw Kyle blow a tire last year and not even be a factor at the finish. So, Well, that's true. Anything can happen, and I believe if the right circumstances are there, Justin Haley has a shot to win this race this weekend, as does his teammate Johnny Sauter, who as of late has taken over the mantle of the king of the mile and a half from yeah. Matt Crafton. Just yeah. saying. Well, that's true, and also you've got Cody Coughlin there who actually did run fairly well at Daytona, and Dalton Sargent, who may just be a surprise this yes. weekend at Atlanta because we didn't really hear a lot from him at Daytona. However, his previous experience, I think, will make oh, yeah. him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I could see Dalton Sargent actually coming out and uh, running very well at Atlanta and even, you know, possibly running up front and chasing a win. I wouldn't go so far as to say a win yet, we'll but see. I think top 10 definitely. And I want to add a nugget real quick on that truck entry list before we go to our first break. Because John Hunter Nemechek is making his NASCAR Xfinity Series debut for Chip Ganassi Racing in the 42 this weekend, he will not be in a truck his father, Joe 
driving the eight truck this weekend at Atlanta. Yeah, he 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 got uh, the bug again last week after he finished third finished at Daytona. Third in the truck on Friday, <laughs> and then ran the JD Motorsports 15 car right up into the top five on Saturday in the Xfinity race at one point before he got taken out too. So good to see Joe back behind the wheel. We'll see how he does this weekend. We'll talk more about what's coming up in Atlanta as we continue through the show and around the turn. We'll have Cody Connor coming up shortly, but uh, we will continue Newswire and Talk of Atlanta when we return. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport. Who will have some breaking news on this show tonight as well? Joe Marco going to be in the studio at 8 o'clock to talk about something that we've got going together. Can't wait to announce that. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Open road, here comes the Hefley family. You've packed the smartphones, headphones, tablets, water snacks, cooler, sunscreen, bikes, skateboards, games, videos, sunglasses. There's no room for people in here. Just don't wimp out on the most important thing. Deep, Deep fried, fried butter, butter on, on a stick. stick. No seatbelts. Whether it's a long haul or short trip. It's a win-win situation. Never give up until they buckle up. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. How would you like to perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. Offering a highly competitive compensation plan with great benefits, a flexible schedule, and a signing bonus to the right candidate. Now, you must be ASE certified, and a minimum of six years' experience is preferred. Act fast. Don't miss out on this incredible, rare opportunity. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by our good friends at HMSMotorsport.com, the leaders in motorsport safety. I just gave you the website address, HMSMotorsport.com. Go check them out and 
check out all of the various safety gear. Looking forward to talking with Joe at the top of the hour to talk about what we've got going together. Race Chaser Online and HMS Motorsport really working hard to try and up the ante for racer safety uh, education and basically resources on the web. And so uh, we'll give you all of the details next hour about that. Right now we talk Atlanta and continue to talk about the trucks a little bit. You know, when I look when I looked going into Daytona, Jacob, at the truck series, I was a mm-hmm. little skeptical about where this was all going. Now, as we look at what we've got going on for Atlanta, mm-hmm. you've got 34 trucks mm-hmm. registered, counting two TBAs, one from Jennifer Joe Cobb Racing. The zero, I'm assuming. The zero, okay. and one from TJL Motorsports. What's the truck number on that? One. One, you know, <laughs> number one, yeah. Okay. Uh, so not only is that a oh, that may be that's the sibling truck to the fifty. It, what used to be Beaver Motorsports, I believe. Uh well, the fifty is still Beaver Motorsports. That's oh, the truck really? that Travis Quapel okay. is racing. Yeah, Rhino Rush Energy shot huh. on that truck. The one truck for TJL Motorsports, Teddy Brown, listed as the crew chief, but no driver or sponsor. So I guess we'll see who. Wonder if they've bought the points from. What was the Beaver One truck last year? I don't know. Because I know the one and the 50 were kind of a set last year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, again, looking at this lineup, I'm going to be curious as we start getting into these downforce tracks to see what Stuart Friesen can do Yes, in that 52 truck. I think he's a guy that we really need to pay attention to because this will be his first full year under the GMS technical alliance banner and that to me makes him a potential championship truck or at the very least increases his chance in my mind to make the playoffs by a ton so i'm really going to be interested to see what he can do with that truck going into these downforce tracks uh cisco do you share that opinion of Stuart friesen I share it, but for for a different reason as well. It just uh, gives us less and less reasons to say why Stuart Friesen won't win Eldora. <laughs> well, well, I'm not sure I want to say he won't win Eldora. I don't know that I. No, I'm saying I'm saying his margin for winning Eldora is closed up even more. This is yes. it's getting more and more likely that he's just going to run away with it. Oh well, I mean, I I don't know if I want. To I mean, he's got a GMS, he's got GMS Technical Alliance, and he had a hell of a showing last year. So I mean, there's no reason why he can't go out and win the darn thing. Yeah, I mean, I just well, sure he can, but but Eldora is such a wild card. I mean, I I don't even know if I want to go there. Way too early to be talking about Eldora, even though it's way it's not too it's early never to have too early fun to talk talking about Eldora, about Eldora but let's get through a few of these other races first and see where everybody lines up but where I was going my original point Jacob you got mm. 34 trucks here um and it's still a fairly deep competitive field does yes. this last I hope so um I, I'm not gonna completely be the pessimist because I love the fact that we've had now two entry lists where very likely we're sending people home. I just got to wait and see a little bit, but I really, really do hope so. I've 
now that we've seen the spec motor program start to take shape and really be able to have a baseline for where this is going to go, I think this weekend if you see the spec versus built motors and there's a deep level of competition kind of like what we had at Daytona, I really do believe you can keep this level of competitiveness and this parity going forward into the season and really the depth of field too because I feel like it will entice teams and drivers to want to be a part of it. So, you know, two races is not a huge sample size, but it's something. The hard part for the truck series is until you get to about June, you've only got about five or six races worth of a sample size to be able to work with, which is only slightly frustrating. It It does seem like it it often is in the middle of the year before we start really losing, but hopefully not. I'm hoping that the spec motors make enough of a difference to keep people going because we desperately need to keep this to where even if we're not sending people home, if we can at least get 32 and have a full field every, every race, that would at least be a good start. And I do believe, as I've said before on this show, I do believe that Ben Kennedy will steer this truck series the way it needs to go. But obviously we can't expect miracles overnight. So, you know, he's, He's going to get the right feedback, and then he's going to, I believe he will make the right decisions and um, will have the support of everybody above him in doing so. So should be interesting. I also am interested in the fact that this is a doubleheader weekend yes. because you've got the Trucks of the Xfinity series on the same day. Yes. Does that change anything do you think from the standpoint of how these teams prepare and and the track and all of that, do we really, do we have any evidence that these doubleheader shows make a whole lot of difference in turn, especially because I think the Xfinity race is first, right? Yes. As it has been for the last two years. So for the truck series, does it really matter? Does what really matter? Sorry. That the Xfinity cars have already raced. Does the track, I mean, does it change the track? Does it really make that much of a difference, typically? I don't think so. I mean, consider that most of of these, I have Consider that most of these teams are teams that have run it the last two years. I think they know exactly how to prepare. And at the end of the day, with as worn out as Atlanta's surface is, (laughs) even with with the rubber, I don't think it changes the tire wear all that much at the end of the day. Now, To be fair, under normal circumstances, if you're just talking about a regular Saturday afternoon truck race, you got to figure you have qualifying, you probably have a couple rounds of cup practice. I mean, there's going to be a little bit more rubber than usual on the racetrack because of the Xfinity race, but I don't really feel like it's all that much different than, say, the Kansas race weekend in May when you just have the cup cars and the trucks or, you know, what, whatever that is. I really don't feel like it's much different than a typical race weekend from that standpoint. So, no, I don't think it's going to affect the track very much, but I think these guys are well-versed enough in how to prepare for it that either way it wouldn't matter. Okay, well. That was I mean, a really long answer to what you were trying to get at. Well, I mean, I because I've not been to a doubleheader show, I'm looking forward to being in Atlanta, obviously, and seeing this in person for the first time. I think we've, you know, we've had situations where you, you know, you've had to back things up a day 
and or run something at night that was scheduled during the day. But I've never actually seen a doubleheader show except for one time at Charlotte. I think we did have a situation maybe uh, two yes. three years ago that I remember where we had two in the same day. That was not last 16? fall, but 16 yeah. in the fall where we had Xfinity the, and, it, yeah. where the Xfinity race was supposed to run on, I think it was Friday, Friday night, yeah. and then both the Xfinity and the Cup race got postponed yep. to Sunday. Yep. They ran the ran Cup race first Sunday, and then right. the Xfinity yep. race later. Joey Logano won that race. Yes. In the 12 car. Yeah, very interesting uh Interesting. It, I just I like it. I think it's more for the fans. And I don't know why I don't know why we can't have, especially in some of the shorter tracks. I would like to see more of that sort of thing done and even run NASCAR late model shows. I mean, give the late model guys some big publicity and a chance to race, you know, in a big on a big stage where you've got the cup guys and everybody there run the modifieds once in a while like that, like they do it loud. And I just think. I think some of that is uh, is inherently good for the guys who are trying to come up through the pack. So uh, going to be interesting. And uh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to we need to talk about this just for a moment because, well, it is national TV after all. Um, <laughs> Cisco pointing out in our chat, RIP to Team IndyCar, the amazing race. They bowed out and uh, P4. Yeah, P4. But hey. I got to give them credit because I watched some of the clips from this year's show. They went a whole lot further than anybody yeah. expected them to go. <laughs> yeah, it was. Now, okay, I'm going to go around the table with with this because we've got about a minute and a half left yeah. before the break. Okay, um, does this, is this good marketing for IndyCar, yes or no, Jacob? Absolutely, because they promoted the hell out of it. They did a great job uh, with pumping these two up. The only bad part is Connor Daly doesn't have a freaking IndyCar ride this year. Well, see, I, w- I was wondering if one of you three would point that out because I was going to. Cisco? No, it's it's huge marketing for them. And those two have such a great chemistry. And that's a lot of it. That's a lot of what they're able to do with the marketing was down to the relationship that Rossi and Daly have with each other. So... I think it was I think it was an awesome move and it was really a lot of fun to watch. Murdoch. I think it was huge for him and, and huge for people who don't really follow motorsports on a, a daily basis. Yes. You got to know the guys, you know, you got to see them and maybe it'll boost, you know, ratings for them. You know, somebody see them, they get to like the, the personalities behind the car and then they watch the race and they're like, yeah, I can I can root for that guy. So I think it was huge for them in the sport. See, I uh, uh, totally agree, and I'm surprised it took till the third answer to to get that exact point about bringing new people to IndyCar. I think it is amazing, no pun intended, marketing for IndyCar. I have a tiny tidbit, by the way, to circle back to something we were talking okay, about earlier got about before we go to seconds. break. I recognize that. It'll probably I might give you 15 <laughs> if you're nice. <laughs> so the explanation on TJL Motorsports before we go to break, uh, the owner on that team is Tracy Lowe, who used to co-own Make Motorsports, which is back when the 1 and the 50 were, owned were by Make. both owned by Make. Uh, at that point, it was Mark Beaver and Tracy Lowe working together. They've since split. So TJL is Tracy, and Beaver is Mark Beaver's team. And it's basically the same teams, just separated. We still don't know who's in the one. I guess it's nope. a 
secret. We'll find out tomorrow when they hit the track, maybe. Okay, and uh, with that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more conversation. We've got Cody Connor coming up. we got Joe Marco from HMS Motorsport coming up, and we've got Kyle Souza coming up as well. Lots to get to before we are done here this evening. You're listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport exclusively on the Voice of Motorsports, the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Camping World Truck Teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Orica Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD.
I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. Weren't you just talking about him a minute ago? I think we were. We brought the Sarge up in the last segment. We were talking about the trucks, and there he is, bringing this back from break. You're listening to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network, and our show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. My name is Tongue Tied Tom, and I am joined by <laughs> Jacob, Cisco, Chris, and Bill behind the glass, who's from the Carolina School of Broadcasting and doing his best to mark every single mistake I'm making uh, so we can cut it out of post. <laughs> yeah, good, how luck, that works. Good, good luck fixing that, Bill. The, the post on this show will be about 38 minutes at the rate I'm going. Anyway, we look forward to the rest of the show and i want to talk some short track stuff now the world series of asphalt racing took place at new smyrna speedway over the last uh couple of weeks or so and i want to talk super late models we're going to catch up on the modified part of this later on with kyle souza but later super late models put on some thrilling racing steven nassie taking down the championship probably harrison burton won the most polls. I think he got like five. Five in a row. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the driver, in all honesty, who stole that entire bunch of shows was Sam Mayer. Please hold while I offer the margin of victory for Stephen Nassie in the World Series point standings, a la Lightning McQueen. Uno pointo. Yeah. And Sam had four straight top five, I think four or five straight top five finishes before he finished off with a seventh place. But I'm telling you, that kid jumped in the Fury house car. It just went like a bandit. He done did good. He really did. And for a 14-year-old with basically no super late model experience, to be able to, to run like that at New Smyrna against basically the best in that division, um, I think that says a lot for Sam's skill. And I think... It really lends you to think that when he jumps into the junior motorsports equipment and goes and starts running the cars tour, he's got a pretty doggone good shot at chasing his teammate, Josh Berry, uh, for that championship in the late model stock division of that series. Well, Anthony Alfredo did it last year, and quite frankly... He was a bit more seasoned, though. Yes, but listen... I think Sam makes up for some of that sure in does. pure raw ability. Yeah. And I, that's no disrespect to Anthony, but Sam, much like I would say about William Byron when he first came along, I feel like Sam just has some of that innate prodigy type of ability where he just jumps in and gets it right yeah. it, it there's no grace period of getting up to speed i've seen him race in a legends car and i've seen video of some of his time in the late models already the kid is just good yeah I he mean, really is it's it's scary he's going to be just fine his performance at the world series for me cemented why he is going to be a title contender in that junior motorsports program this year but i don't want to take anything away from steven nassie this is a kid out of florida who has been busting his butt for the longest time down at short tracks around the southeastern united states and this has been something 
the World Series that's eluded him, winning that championship over the past few years, to finally have that on his resume in his first sequence of races for a new team, Jet Concrete Motorsports. That's a big deal for Steven at a time when I feel like he really needs some positive momentum. The end of his season last year didn't go the way that he would have hoped, especially at the Snowball Derby when they demolished a race car. I mean, this is really the right way to kick off Steven's season. Yes, he won the championship in the Southern Super Series last year, didn't win a race, but he wanted to change that. He won during the World Series this year, and he got the championship. Big, big deal for those 51 guys. Yeah, it was a big deal, and particularly if you look at this list of drivers who competed in these events. I mean, just a partial list here. Uh, Ty mm-hmm. Majeski, Harrison Burton. We talked about Nassi, Tyler Ankrum, Derek Krause, Stephen Wallace. Uh, you know, Ryan Moore, Anthony Sergi, a- another driver who's trying to come up through the ranks. Mason mm-hmm. Diaz. Derek Griffith, Nicholas Noggle, Jared Irvin was competing in uh, Joe Graff Jr. for the first time, I think, uh, down there as well. Competing, I mean, you know, pretty um, pretty big list. Ryan Moore as well uh, from up north. Tyler Dipple ran uh, a race or two down there. So, you know, you had a pretty stout list of drivers. And Nassie comes out on top, May yeah. or second in the I think points. he let, I think. Nassie led the points the entire week because he won opening night. Yeah, yeah. Mayer finished second on consistency. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and he just beat out Burton. I think Harrison, he beat out Harrison by about four or five points, I think, for third or for second. That, Harrison was third. Yeah, and like I th- Harrison was third despite missing a race, I yeah. believe. So. Yeah, so, you know, certainly a, a big weekend for or a big week for Sam Mayer, yeah. who I believe we're going to be hearing a whole lot more from lot, a lot, a lot over of. the course of this year. But congrats to Stephen Nassie on a stellar performance in the World Series. And, you know, I mean, you expect Stephen to run up front in any super late model race mm-hmm. that he enters. But nonetheless, being able to get it done over the long term and arguably one of the biggest weeks of racing of the season i mean i would say this and the snowball pretty much uh for super late models would be the two at least most nationally well-known if not uh, most prestigious events going on in that part of the sport go ahead i was gonna say can we give a shout out to uh, ty majeski who picked up a win during the world series as well Uh, that one was a little controversial he and Harrison Burton had a little coming together, and there was a little contact. <laughs> a little meeting of the minds? Yeah, uh, more like a meeting of the fenders. Mm-hmm. And one was not very happy, and the other was very happy when it was all said and done. Well, Cisco uh, knows a whole lot about Ty Majeski from the sim world, the top iRacer in all of point. the land. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, you know, Ty, Ty can be pretty aggressive when he wants to be. I guess. Yes. Yeah, Ty can be aggressive. And I mean, hey, he got a win. And considering they weren't sure they were going to run down there for the whole week. Hey, good for them. Well, good for them. I agree. And look, Harrison and uh, Todd Gilliland did their share in the K&N Pro Series East race there. So, yes. you know, it kind of all averages out in the long run. But I think a big, big performance for Steven Nassi to win that championship. And congrats to Definitely. Sam Mayer for really... I mean, that was his sort of, uh, if you didn't know Sam Mayer before, 
You know him you now. You know him now, and, uh, you know, he's just going to keep racking that up, I think. So yes. good job, Sam. One more young driver I want to give a shout-out okay. to. Not in the super late model field, however, actually in the pro late model 100 that took place uh, on the second-to-last night of the World Series week. Mason Diaz, you mentioned him earlier, yeah. but beat out former NASCAR Camping That's World right. Truck Series yep. champion sure Mike did. Skinner, Skinner yeah. in the last laps of the 100 lapper yep. for the pro late models to win that big race for the pro late model division. And I, that was argue. I, I would say that's one of the crown jewel wins so far for Mason Diaz, not necessarily just because it was at the world series, but how he won it, having to hold off every charge that Skinner made. I watched the race on fanschoice.tv and a shout out too to fans choice for streaming every yes. race, all nine yes. nights. That was Awesome. Thank you to Fans Choice and NASCAR for making that possible. Absolutely. But Mason kept his head under pressure, and there was a lot of it. They almost crashed on a restart with 18 to go, but both came out the other end. And, you know, Mason said it afterwards that because of who he had to beat and the prestige of which the New Smyrna World Series really carries, that this is arguably one of the biggest wins of his career to date. And I give the kid a lot of credit. When I watched him uh, perform so strongly at the Snowball Derby in December, I said to myself, he's going to really turn some heads this year, and I've not been disappointed. Very, very impressed with the job that last year's track champion at Southern National has done so far. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to step aside. When we come back... We've got Cody Connor going to be joining us and talking to us about the Pass South opener, which is upcoming this weekend at Dillon Motor Speedway in Dillon, South Carolina. And look forward to talking with Cody. We've also got uh, Joe Marco coming up from HMS Motorsport with some big news about new racer safety resource. And also we've got Kyle Souza coming up as well to talk modifieds from Florida and an interesting new development for the Wheel and Modified Tour. So stand by, lots to come. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by the aforementioned HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Back with more on the Performance Motorsports Network. Hey, I'm T-Bone. I'm Mark Sidell. I'm Jay Weezy. I'm Will, and we all work at WFNZ, and we all attended Carolina School of Broadcasting. What's up? I'm QCB, and we don't want you to be confused. There's only one accredited broadcast school in Charlotte, and that school is Carolina School of Broadcasting. It matters where you get your education. Get yours where we got ours. Carolina School of Broadcasting. They are accredited. Financial aid is available for those who qualify, and VA funds are accepted. Call 704-395-9272 or visit CSB Radio TV. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. 
So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Ray's Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. How did we ever let that troublemaker get on this show? Hey, I'm going to tell him you said that, and he'll laugh. Chase, <laughs> he will Chase Cabry bringing us back from break. Chase, the driver in the k Pro Series East. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch, and Cisco Scaramuza. And we've got Bill behind the glass punching all the buttons. He's from the Carolina School of Broadcasting. And, of course, we've got Cody Connor now joining us in the uh, studio and Cody a driver in the pass south that is the pro all-star series if you want to be long form about it pass south tour Cody's got a race coming up this weekend at Dillon Motor Speedway in South Carolina Cody you have won the pass south tours pro late model series championship which no longer exists now Um, now you've obviously been running super late models for a while it's about time you go win that championship, don't you think? Let's get the mic right up to your, uh, yeah, there you go. Just get it close to you. There you go. All good? Yeah, you're good. Uh, yeah. Uh, our best career finish in a super late model is at Dillon Motor Speedway of oh, there second you go. place. Uh, we've worked very hard, and we're excited to be back, and I'm um, happy to be back in the Pro All-Star Series. Talk a little bit about how this year is different for you. I know that, obviously, your grandpa was such a big part of your racing and um went to be with the lord and and you've got some different things going on with some new sponsors and such for this year a lot of change some good and some obviously tough but this is a season for you i think i would expect you're really highly motivated to go out and make this the year that it finally all comes together and i would would imagine try to get it for grandpa yeah definitely this is going to be the first full season without my grandfather by my side it's going to be very tough, but I, I, my dad's going to be there every race, and that's definitely going to be a plus. And we've worked very hard. I'm now an owner-driver. I do everything that I can along with school and college. I'm in the early college program, which I do high school and college, um, working on the car along with marketing. And speaking of marketing, uh, FK Rodens came back with us. Champion spark plugs, accent imaging. I'm very excited to have the help from um, from those guys. It's it's it really means a lot to a small team like myself. Yeah, I would imagine it does. It really would be a significant thing now this year to have that increased sponsorship because this sport just doesn't get any less expensive, does it? No, that's it's each year they come out with new technology, and that's another thing to to want to get on the race car. 
Yeah, I would imagine that, uh, and I know you work awfully hard. I've seen you at the PRI show a couple of times, and you're you're just out there. I mean, anything that you can do and anything that you can pick up, um, of all the drivers, the young drivers in this area, you are no doubt one of the hardest working young racers in terms of the marketing that I know. And I'm glad that you've gotten some additional help this year from some of the sponsors. What will that allow you to do different that you couldn't do in the past? I mean, is it tires? Is it some better equipment? I mean, talk a little bit about what the difference is going to be for you, where you think you really have what it takes to go win the championship this year. With, with the help of, of, um, our new partners that's upcoming, uh, we're able to, we're able to do a couple more races than we were last season. Uh, that's, that's going to mean more seat time for myself, better learning experience with different drivers from around the, around the country. Um, very excited for that. And we haven't really announced yet, but, uh, here coming at Carol. Here we go. Breaking news. At Caraway, I will be doing Modified with the Hillbilly Boys, and I will be doing the Super Late Model as well. So that's that's going to be a, a long day, but I'm I'm very excited, and I, I have faith that I'm able to catch a win in both. Can we start a hashtag Double Duty Cody? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> 45 times two. I want to follow up real quick, and then I know Chris Murdoch has a question for you, but I want to follow that up because you got a chance to drive that modified a time or two last year. Talk about the difference between driving a modified and driving a super late model. I mean, because I love the modifieds. That's, that's my thing. I They're grew cool. up with super modifieds and modifieds when I was young. What's the difference between the modified, the super, and give me your, if you could only drive one or the other, which would you pick? Ooh, that's a that's a tough one right there, Tom. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd say when I first got on the modified, uh, just just looking around inside the car, and it was you could see the left front and yeah. see everything that it could that it does in during um during on track, and just right when I went out there at first, just all the wind hit me, and it was it was definitely crazy, and um, going from a super late model to uh, modified the driving style it's kind of the same but the tire wear on a modified falls off definitely yes. a lot sooner than than on a super late model and um in in my last race at hickory i qualified 10th and i ended up finishing 10th but around lap five the master cylinder went bad and i had to finish the race with no brakes and that wow. that was definitely a uh a, a hickory? A tough call. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun though. It was a good learning experience to um to be able to drive with those competitors without I, having breaks. I believe the word you're looking for is sketchy, son. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be sketchy. I mean it that takes a real racer to be able to run a modified at hickory that long with no brakes. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's pretty interesting. That's that's quite amazing, actually. Um, Chris, I know you got a question for him. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and all this news really coming out is amazing. Cody can't wait to to see you do all that. But I really just want to talk about your season as a whole this season. You know, mentioning Dylan and your excellent finish there with the second place, going to be back there uh, here over the weekend. Then you got you know some stuff with the cars tour. You got Myrtle Beach. You got you know, Hickory, like we just mentioned, how excited are you for this season as a whole? 
I'm I'm extremely excited to be able to race more races as a driver, as a team owner, and as a crew member as well. It's just to gain that extra knowledge. I mean, knowledge is power in in the racing world. And the more you know, the better you can do. The more you know about a race car is it forms a better driver. And to be able to run these these extra races, it's it's definitely a dream come true. How did that all start with you and, and Hillbilly Racing? What what pre what precipitated this? Since I was running Bandoleros and as I started getting a little bit older, just the modifieds looked really cool. My dad raced modifieds back in the day, and they've always had an interest to, in me. And uh, I I really I really wanted to drive one. And we ended up talking to a few people, and uh, we got in touch with the Hillbilly guys and went over to their shop. It was about two and a half hours away from us. Uh, but just being able to talk, talk with them guys and getting into a car is, is pretty neat. You finished second in past South Points the last two years. I, you hate when I bring that up because it's like, ah! <laughs> what, ab- me. I, what about this year has you feeling like it's time? I mean, what's that last little step that's been missing? The, the past two seasons, we've, we've had a lot of bad luck. And I hate to say it, but our first race of this season was actually at Greenville Pickens on February 3rd. I didn't realize you ran that. And, okay. And uh, on Friday practice, we had a motor blow up. And oh, boy. It, it wasn't that great. And then on Saturday, there was another issue in the race with another driver. And I've been talking with my dad, and we have finally came to a conclusion that all of our bad luck from past seasons and last race is now completely faded. So sure. we're going Absolutely. into this 2018 season with the Pro All-Star Series on a clean slate, and it's time for us to go get ourselves a championship. A.K.A. the bad luck's gone. You've used it all up. No more of that. That's right. <laughs> okay. We're, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, it's a little slimmer pass south schedule this year than it's been the past few years does that help a team like yours especially in the case that you're in now with having to do all the work (laughs) yourself does it help you a little bit to have kind of a leaner schedule and not have to be crisscrossing quite as much throughout the year it it does a little bit with with um trying to get everything all organized and it's hard for us we really don't have a lot of money like some other teams and it's 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 also it's beneficial, but it's not. Um, it's beneficial for cost reasons, but it's not in experience wise. Mm-hmm. But we're we're definitely going to make it work. Now, I'm also curious about this because I know there's been a lot of talk over, in the super late model world over the winter about the new bodies for 2018 and what that could bring to the table i know pass is the only series so far that has approved them for use i mean where do you guys sit on that just from a standpoint of what it potentially opens up for late model teams for the future i mean what's your take on it uh when i was at pri this this past year uh five star had the new body on display and it, it just looks really cool um, I'm happy that Pro All-Star Series is uh, allowing that body style, and I think it's just going to bring uh, new looks 
and it could potentially bring a, a new crowd seeing these different types of, of body styles. And supposedly they're, they're fairly similar um, to, to what we are running now, and it's just really going to see how it plays out. It should be interesting because I think I, I love the way they look. Yeah, they're really cool. I mean, cool. they're just awesome-looking bodies. Should be interesting. I mean, when you st- when you look at what the composite bodies have done for the Arca series, you know, and even now a lot of teams in the Xfinity series are excited about having the composite bodies in that series. I mean, I would think that this could only be a good thing. They seem to be more durable than the other bodies. I mean. It it could be a very interesting switch. Yeah, um, it just depends on the teams that are wanting to switch over. Uh, I'm hoping that Five Star will kind of work with Team KCR this season, and maybe we will run <laughs> run the new style. Hint, hint. Okay. Hint, yeah, yeah. They, they, there's no uh, no shortage of winking. There <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing. Okay. Well, we know you don't do this by yourself. We know that you have a ton of marketing partners who help you in your efforts. Uh, talk a little bit about those partners for us. Um, Champion Spark Plugs. We run all their spark plugs, and it's definitely a good company. Uh, FK Rod Ends, we've been with them for a little while. Uh, they're absolutely fantastic, and the Rod Ends hold up well. Uh, through a Plumbing, we've been with them for a long time. Um, I like to also thank uh, um, Accent Imaging. Mike Stoddard, uh, they've helped me out a lot. They're really good people. Um, I've recently been working with Perfect Fuel. Uh, they're little chocolate bars. and um, Little chocolate bars? Yeah, they're, they're supposed like to be. Like how little? Like um, the little Hershey miniatures or what? Uh, a little bit bigger than that. Good. I, I'd say. <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> those things for me are like eating a little Hershey's Kiss or something. It, it's Not an, nearly it's enough. energy bar. It's okay. energy bar, so it, it, it does it does the job. It gets the job done. And I always like to thank Circle Track Warehouse. They're going to be helping us out this season, too. I always like to thank the fans that support the Pro All-Star Series. They're a really big help, and without them, we wouldn't be able to, to run. Well, Cody, we certainly – go ahead, Jacob. You I was going to say, one time, leave me with this before we go to break. I talked about the slimmer schedule earlier, but I'm curious. Outside of Dylan – which is obvious because it's your best career finish in the Super. What track are you most looking forward to going back to this year? I got to say all of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm always happy to Come be on in the now. car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be going back to Caraway. Okay. Uh, that, that place is pretty neat. Uh, I like how the one in the corners, I like that extra little bit of um, concrete. Mm. I, I like that. See, Cody's practicing to be a politician. He's got his fence sitting <laughs> yeah, down already. Exactly. We're not gonna, we don't let anybody get away with fence sitting on this show. All right, that's Cody Connor. We appreciate you coming on and certainly wish you good luck at Dillon this weekend and throughout the season. Go get that championship you deserve. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we'll be back around the turn. We are not only going to talk to Joe Marco, who is our who is HMS Motorsports basically we're going to talk to him about a huge bit of breaking news we've got this show is sponsored by HMS Motorsport you'll meet Joe Marco once again when we come back around the turn you're listening to the stock car show exclusively on the voice of motorsports the performance motorsports network you know what really gets a party started indoor baseball 
Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, don't tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Boy, did Tyler prove he was durable last weekend, didn't he? Yeah, boy, five overtime thriller, and he wins it by about a skosh over his teammate Elliot Sadler. What a run for that young kid coming into junior motorsports and getting it done out of the box. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, Chris Murdoch, and, of course, Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting Behind the Glass. This show presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport. And, oh, by the way, sitting across from me is one of our good friends from HMS Motorsport, Joe Marco, back on the show. And good to have you back, Joe. It's been a little while. Great to be back again, Tom. Uh, always a pleasure to be here. Well, it's uh, definitely exciting uh, to have you in, I think, tonight, really a special night for both of us because you and I have been talking about something for a few months now that we both really felt strongly about, and we've been able to figure out the way to put it together. And we'll go ahead and break the news that HMS Motorsport, Race Chaser Online, and several of your brands and I'll, I'm going to let you kind of walk through that as we go but uh, are we're coming together to create 
the largest racer safety resource on the web. And we're doing it through a series of videos that are going to be educational in nature and are going to cover a broad spectrum, right, Joe, of uh, safety topics from belts to seats to helmets and uh, fire fire suits and fire systems and uh, even some track safety and some just general topics. Uh, Our really goal is to uh, offer a whole series that for every type of racing, whether it's, uh, you know, circle track or road racing, uh, off-road racing, uh, the basics of safety for drivers, uh, for the driver, you know, cockpit and and everything related is pretty much the same, you know, regardless of what. We may use a, a latch link belt versus a cam lock belt, or we may use... Uh, an air system versus uh, something else on a helmet. But in general, uh, the topics are all the same. So our goal is over a series of initially of about 20 videos, yeah. uh, we want to produce um, almost like a television series or documentary on various topics. Um, we, we have an outline of about 20 different topics that we're gonna, we want to try to cover. Obviously, the, the, the ones that you would expect, uh, seatbelts and uh, ways to mount seatbelts and harnesses and head and neck restraints, uh, helmets, uh, fire systems, all that basic uh, stuff. But we also want to try to incorporate in it, in it uh, people at each, in each of the series. It won't just be myself or somebody at HMS right. uh, talking about it, but we want to incorporate... Uh, drivers, we want to incorporate uh, suppliers. Uh, well, you know, not necessarily even suppliers that that we at HMS deal with directly, uh, but people who are leaders in the industry. Uh, our hopes is to get a couple of really uh, senior folks, maybe someone from NASCAR or, or previously from NASCAR, to sit down and talk to us about how safety has evolved over the last uh, several years. Uh, we started getting involved uh, heavily in the safety side back in 2002. Uh, with uh, when we, we got involved with NASCAR, uh, we were at a PRI show, and uh, Ryan Newman and uh, and his crew chief at the time, Matt Borland, came up to his PRI show, and uh, were just curious about our Schrote belts. And Carl Schrote was there, I was there, and we were talking to these guys. And I was not a big NASCAR fan at that time. I'd watched the 500, and uh, and 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 so I didn't even really realize who Ryan was and who Matt was. Oh, wow. And there was a crowd gathering behind us, and a couple of the other guys that worked for us uh, for us at HMS knew who we were talking to. But Carl and I were oblivious. We were just, you know, going through <laughs> and talking about what we knew, and uh, and that led to uh, the next week having an invite down to Penske, uh, which was that time was in, in Mooresville. Uh, they're still in Mooresville, but in a different yeah, location. Different location. Uh, and that brought us uh, at that during that meeting an in, in, uh, invitation and introduction to several of the folks at NASCAR R&D, generally a guy named Steve Peterson, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of brought us into the loop in NASCAR. And since that time, we've been very, very involved with NASCAR, with a number of other organizations. I'm the national safety steward for BMW Club Racing. We've made a lot of initiatives in that. Uh, we're also safety suppliers for SVRA, Formula Drift. Uh, so we're in a lot of different uh, types of racing. And what we found is that there's such a commonality between racing uh, safety issues in all of those levels of sports. And we're, we're very proud of our uh, success in 
in getting these different sanctioning organizations to significantly up their safety standards, uh, getting a lot of them to mandate head and neck restraints, getting a lot of them to mandate high-density roll bar padding, simple stuff, uh, and really getting in and educating them. And, and the way we've done that is we've kind of gone to the, the sanctioning bodies and we've said, okay, we'll work with you, we'll, we'll maybe do a little bit of sponsorship with you, but... In order to do that, we're going to mandate that you provide us the opportunity to get in front of all your drivers and crew chiefs and do kind of a safety seminar. And our whole approach over the last uh, 23 years that we've been in business is not to uh, to get out there and just hawk our products. And so right. this series is not going to be about hawking the products, although when we talk about products, we'll probably definitely show our products sure. uh, that we feature. But Well, it's it, interesting to point out that yeah. Schroet Belts is another major contributor to this project, right. too. Right, so Schroet is going to be helping out, and uh, we'll have uh, some also some help from uh, Willero, who is a, a, a new line of um, a very technologically advanced uh, uh, underwear uh, with, with some features, some, some concepts that were introduced by NASA uh, Cobra Seats is going to help us out. Um, uh, Schubert Helmets is going to help us out. Uh, and I think we'll also get some help from uh, some other folks around like uh, LaJoy Seating and, and maybe Fiberworks and people. You know, whether they help us or not, uh, they offer different good products and we'll probably right. incorporate, you know, some uh, of their people and some of their technology into our discussions. So we're really looking not so much as a sales effort, but this is really a educational effort yes and the goal is to make the sport safer and right. to educate the racers the teams the tracks i mean we we want to talk about barrier safety at the racetracks and we're working on some folks to help us with that as well i mean we we really want to put this together in a way that allows anybody in the sport to be able to benefit safety wise from it it's not Again, it's not a sales piece. Right. I mean, so like the, even the, like the, first, the first, first couple of shows, I mean, the, the first show will probably be more of an introduction to talk about the whole program and, yeah. and lay it all out. Uh, but the, first, uh, the, the second segment, what we're going to do is there we will focus on harness belts, not so much installation the first time, but the different ty types of configurations, the different standards. You know, you hear about SFI. There's SFI 16.1, SFI 16.2, 16.5, 16.6. Then there's FIA. Then there, there are all these different standards. We're going to make that simple for you and explain what they are, why they are, why are they different. Uh, and why, you know, one sanctioning organization may require this standard versus that standard. Uh, there are the good logical reasons behind all of them. Uh, there are places that FIA belts make a lot of sense. There are places that SFI belts make a lot of sense. So we're going to make the sense of what those standards are so that the, the racer can understand why, you know, my belt's only good for two years, why somebody else's standard would say five years, okay? But there, there's really good reasons for those kind of things. You know, head and neck restraints or not, that'll be probably the third segment. And head and neck restraints, there there's several excellent systems out there. There's uh, there's the, the Han system, which is the standard, obviously. Yep. Uh, there's the, the, the hybrid systems, a number of other systems uh, that came out of Simpson. Uh, there's the Schrode Flex, which is a newer device. There's, uh, and we're going to kind of review a number of the devices uh, that are out there and talk about advantages and disadvantages of, of, of some of them. Um, they all meet a certain standard, and we'll explain what that standard is, how that goes. Uh, hopefully, we'll provide you with a couple of videos so you can see how uh, the testing is done so you'll understand what that is. 
Uh, and then we'll move on to uh, we'll we'll do some uh, we'll do one segment or a couple of segments on belt installations. Uh, we'll move on to racing helmets and fire systems. Uh, we'll talk a lot about racing apparel. All racing apparel isn't the same. What are TPP ratings and things like that? Roll bar padding, nets, um, interviews with some other some really people. But the one thing that I'd like to do. Uh, since this is our first introduction, is to get some uh, feedback from you on things that you'd like to learn about. And Tom's going to give a, give you a, a way to get in touch with us and reach out to us, so that as we're putting the programs together, that we can put that uh, that we can get that your feedback. Yes, and don't worry if you're not uh, if you don't hear this live. This is not meant to be something that we do on the show here tonight. This is meant to be something going forward to give us feedback so that we can develop topics for these videos that we're making here going forward. So here's what you do. You go to at Race Chaser News on Twitter, at Race Chaser News, or at HMS Motorsport on Twitter, and you you ask your question that you want to know about whatever your topic is, and then you hashtag it, Ask HMS. So either at Race Chaser News or at HMS Motorsport on Twitter, Ask HMS is the hashtag, and just uh, fire away with your questions. We'll pick you know a few of them, a lot of them, depending on what y'all are asking. And, of course, we're going to continue our program of occasional Facebook Live seminars as well, so that'll be another opportunity to get those questions answered as well. So if you've got a question about safety that either you'd like to see in our video series or uh, that you'd like to just have us answer on one of our future Facebook Lives at Race Chaser News, at HMS Motorsport. Just make sure you hashtag it, Ask HMS. And with that, Joe, we thank you. That was one quick segment there. Very good. Glad to be here all the time. We're looking forward to uh, moving forward with this. And for those of you wondering where are these videos going to be found, on Race Chaser Online. But, of course, we'll be sharing them throughout social media First shoot, our own Chris, Chris Murdoch going to be involved behind the camera with this. And uh, first shoot coming up in just a few weeks of the first few videos. So you'll be seeing those probably starting sometime in late March, early April. We look forward to putting this out there for you. And we want you to be a part of this. So make sure if you have suggested topics for these videos just go to at Race Chaser News or at HMS Motorsport on Twitter and use the hashtag Ask HMS. With that, we step aside. When we come back, Kyle Souza joins us. We're going to talk about modifieds at New Smyrna, my favorite topic. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by Joe and all the other fine folks at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com or at either of those two locations they have. Danvers, Massachusetts are right here in Mooresville, North Carolina. And we will be right back. You're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Excuse me. I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me. Get granular. Keep me in the pipeline. But nada. Nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill. 
where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. It's time to catch up on the latest from the New England racing scene. On the Stock Car Show, here's Tom Baker with Kyle Souza. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Having a good time tonight talking motorsports. Covered a fair amount of ground here so far in the show. And we're going to head up to New England and talk about Florida. Is basically how we're going to do this. Uh, We've got Kyle Souza with us, our New England motorsports columnist and uh of course also kyle works for uh, our friends at area auto racing news and with nascar home tracks as well covering the wheel and modified tour and in this case at least the k&m pro series east race at new smyrna and kyle that is where we start and here's the thing i think about when i think about this race the race between todd gilliland and harrison burton the battle that they had in the last portion of that race might be the most exciting battle to the finish I see all year, and it's only February. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, great race down there in Florida at New Smyrna Speedway. And uh, for those fans that didn't catch it, you can catch it next week on NBCSN on a tape-delayed broadcast. Of course, Fans Choice TV had that broadcast live, uh, and I'm glad they did. A phenomenal yes. finish there between Todd and Harrison beating on one another, banging fenders, trading some paint. But you know what? They never wrecked each other. 
They raced hard, but they raced clean. A little bit of beating and banging, obviously, coming down to the checkered flag with both of them, obviously, with a lot of respect for each other, talking to Harrison after the race. I mean, they've raced with each other since they were running go-karts. Yeah. When they were four, five, six years old, they have that trust in one another, you know, that they may be able to bang doors and still keep going. And uh, that was the case there for that one. Really a great all-around race to open the season for the Can-Am Pro Series. It was, Jacob. And, you know, the thing about this race between those two, they are best friends. And so they know how far they can push each other. And I think they kind of have fun doing it. There's no animosity there. That's one of those classic battles that ends with the two of them shaking hands and the fans are the biggest winners because they get to watch that display of really hard grassroots racing for lap after lap to the finish of the race. I can attest to that because not only did we see that happen a couple of times during the 2017 season, one battle comes to mind that we were at last year at South Boston Speedway during one of the twin races, but I can attest that that happened on Sunday night too because after all the celebration was done in Victory Lane and the video cameras had shut off or at least gone away from the K&N portion of the Sunday program at New Smyrna, a picture popped up on social media and on Twitter, Kyle Souza, of just that. Harrison Burton going into victory lane, shaking Todd's hand, and both of them with big grins on their faces. These two respect each other, and it's like Harrison told me after he won the championship last year during Champions Media Day. Harrison said the biggest thing that he has fun with racing Todd is that both of them know each one pushes the other to be that much better. And I think that says a lot about not just these two, but really this next generation that's coming up into the sport. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, both of them NASCAR Next members right now. We've seen a lot of NASCAR Next members, you know, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, if you haven't followed the NASCAR Home Tracks Twitter, they've been tweeting uh, that some of the guys that are running well up in the Monster Energy Cup Series are, are graduates of this K&N yeah. Series. One, you know, those two dual winners from last week at Daytona, Ryan Blaney <laughs> and Chase Elliott, both graduates of the K&N Series. Austin Dillon ran the K&N Series as well, of course, the Daytona 500 winner, along with his brother Ty. I mean, the list just goes on and on. These guys really know how to get the job done up in the Monster Energy Cup Series. And a lot of it, that they'll tell you, comes from their experience running in those full-fendered stock cars on the K&N Series level. Uh, and, and overall, a great event for the K&N Pro Series, not only because of that phenomenal finish, but also because of the car count that they showed up with uh, at New Smyrna. Nearly 30 cars taking the green flag for that race. And she really shows that that K&N East Series uh, is going to be healthy to start the season. They're going to have the team's there uh and hopefully they can keep that out throughout the season yeah i mean that race overall was a great race i thought and to me other than the two leaders the performance of the race in that event was tyler ankrum who had to go to the back not once but twice and still ended up finishing in the top five and and really i thought a race that he could have contended for the win with that David Gilliland, DGR Crossley entry, had he not uh, been turned around there uh, midway through the race and had to go back for the second time and come from the back. Yeah, I agree. And that was one of the people that, uh, you know, up in the press box we were kind of looking at throughout the race, that, that he was able to do that, go all the way to the back once, come all the way back to the front. And really with with a limited amount of practice time because yeah. they blew that motor in practice. So that was a strong start for that team 
Uh, and you mentioned, you know, DGR, a really strong start for them, of course, with Gilwin winning the race. And I knew he was going to be a factor right from the drop of the green flag. But that's sure. kind of a, a, one of the newer teams that kind of put things together over the offseason. They've still got a couple of parts and pieces that they're trying to put together. Uh, and again, a great start for Todd. Uh, Todd Todd's got an impressive season uh, planned with some Kane and uh, races in the East and maybe a couple in the West series. And then, of course, the uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series as well. Yeah. But uh, again, we're going to see these guys move up the ranks in the next couple of years. We've seen both of them already running the trucks. We're going to see both of them running the trucks again this year. Uh, and another name that kind of stuck out to me after that race was Cole Rouse, uh, who had a chance at winning it there, Jacob, almost making it three wide there at the start finish line when those two tangled. Well, let's remind ourselves that Cole is no stranger to competition in a NASCAR K&N Pro Series car. He has been on tour in the past with Bob Brunkati Racing out in the West Coast with the Sunrise Ford team. So these cars are very familiar to him from a couple of years ago, and that was one thing Cole said during the offseason, Kyle, was how excited he was to be back in, behind the wheel of a K&M Pro Series car because he did feel comfortable the last time he was on tour, and I feel like this was kind of a homecoming for him to show, hey, I've still got this, and I believe while this was an East race, we know he's going to be running select races on the East this year, but I think this race truly proved that Cole Rouse is going to be a force driving for Bill Mack and alley racing and he will contend for this championship yeah and i think going into that race jacob i mean we talked about it off air uh, a couple of weeks ago that we weren't really sure who was going to contend for the championship this year uh in the can any series the last couple of years we've kind of seen todd gill and harrison burton be the two guys uh that were the threats but you know going forward we weren't really sure and i think he comes up as one of the names another one that kind of surprised me a little bit uh in that opener at new smyrna was brandon mcreynolds uh, teaming with John Visconti Racing for the first time, uh, they kind of came out of the box a little bit stronger than I think even they anticipated. They're not going to run full-time, at least now. Uh, they're saying that they're not going to. Uh, but he's going to be a threat. Obviously, Derek Krause, another one that was strong in that race. And one more tidbit from that race, Jacob, another guy that I was really surprised at how strong that car was, was Spencer Davis in the Danny Watts 82. He's sixth in the point standings, leaving that race, a top 10 finish, and a great way for him to start the season as well. Yeah, it really was. And to talk about the Visconti team for a minute, Kyle, because Brandon and that team are new to one another, but Visconti Motorsports is not new to the NASCAR Touring Series. Kyle, I know you know them as former competitors on the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour. This change to the E-Series was one that I don't think a lot of us saw coming for this year, but I don't think they could have picked a better driver with experience, with veteran skill set that just will keep the car in one piece but still knows how aggressive to be to be able to contend. Brandon McReynolds seems like a perfect fit for this operation, and I think they showed very, very well that even though they may not have necessarily the budget or the resources as the top-level MDM or Bill McAnally-type teams, they're still going to go out and give it what they've got, and this is a rare opportunity for Brandon to be behind the wheel. He knows he's got to make the most of everything he's got, so this was great for them, and just good to see Brandon back behind the wheel of a race car. It's been a while. I mean, he's been the driver-coach-slash-spotter-esque-ish type of a role. Brandon himself doesn't really always know how to describe it, but he's been working with Noah Gregson a lot. So good to see him in his own right be back behind the wheel. Well, I agree. And I, and I, 
in that race, uh, actually in the middle of it, Noel Gregson joined us in the press box uh, for part of the race, and I'll tell you, he was eating some cotton candy. Uh, <laughs> always great, always great to be around Noel Gregson. But uh, he was saying in the press box, you know, he was excited to see how Brandon would perform. Uh, and you're right, Jacob, hadn't really been behind the wheel of a, a car in a while. I know he ran the Snowball Derby uh, at the end of last year in a Super Late model. Obviously, a difference between the Super Late model. Uh, in the K&N car, one driver telling me the super late model is really a complete opposite to them. Mm-hmm. They feel like the K&N cars kind of drive like a tank. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's a big difference. So I was happy to see him come out of the box strong. I think their finish wasn't necessarily uh, showing to where they actually ran. They probably were about a fifth or sixth place car in that race. And he came home just inside the top 10. But uh, excited to see what comes for that team. They've got a lot of uh, anticipation going into this year. They're not planning to run full-time right now, but they want to run uh, right now about three-quarters of the races, and if they run strong, there's an opportunity to throw in a couple others. Uh, that can in series, though, Jacob, going from New Smyrna, uh, a big race for them as part of the 52nd Annual World Series of Asphalt Star Car Racing uh, and helping kick that event off, but they're headed to Bristol. It's going to be a bit. They're not going to be back on track until the middle of April, but another one of those marquee events right off the top, and we're going to see who's going to be a threat right away. And it's a longer race as well, 25 extra laps, meaning we're going 150 when we get back to the racetrack, I believe, Saturday, April 14th, if my memory calendar serves me correctly. Yes, I didn't even look at that and happen to remember. Perfect. The Zombie Auto 150, that part I do know. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how all of that shakes out, Kyle. I mean, I don't know that we really truly have a picture of who the title contenders are going to be just yet. When you stop and consider that really the two drivers that we pretty much know, one of them for sure we know, is contending for the championship, Tyler Dipple and Ronnie Bassett were at the back end of the top 10, and yet when you take out all the other guys that we know aren't running full-time or are like a Harrison Burton or Todd Gilliland who are focusing on other obligations outside the K&N series, those two are pretty much the de facto points leaders right now. I don't know that we truly know what the points battle is going to look like when we get to Bristol in April. Yeah, and I'm not really sure we're going to know uh, Jacob for a while. I think it's going to be a bit before we, we get a good sense of who's going to be a contender for the championship. And you mentioned those last couple of years, it's come down to guys like Harrison and Todd, but uh, this year, somebody is in a way that somebody knew uh, we're going to know the name probably from the past, but somebody's going to kind of storm onto the scene here uh, and be a threat for the championship. They've got a lot of interesting things going on there with the can and East series, the can and West series uh, not been on the track yet. They're going to be on the track though. Coming up in a couple of weeks, the middle of March, they kick off their season uh, at Kern County out in the West Coast, out in Bakersfield. So that Canaan West Series, again, a lot of questions there as well. Not really sure who's going to be the top contenders going into that Bakersfield 175 presented by Napa on Thursday, March 15th. So I uh, have to talk about that at another time and see uh, who could be some of the contenders out West this year as well. Two words, Derek Kraus. End of my yes, discussion agreed. on that. We're going to step aside when we return. We'll shift gears and continue talking about Florida, but again, talking New England because there were a lot of New England guys in Florida. Tour-type mod conversation as Kyle Souza remains with us right after this. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by our friends at HMS Motorsport here on the Performance Motorsports Network. 
Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot left, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD. The entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Spencer Davis, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Well, I think we mentioned Spencer in the last segment, uh, finishing well in the K&M Pro Series East race at New Smyrna. He also ran like a man in the Truck Series race that last weekend as well at Daytona. So a good couple of weeks overall for Spencer Davis to start the season. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, along with uh, Kyle Souza, talking motorsports. Of course, Bill Holt behind the glass, punching all the right buttons from the Carolina School of Broadcasting. And Kyle, we continue to talk about my favorite subject. We talk about modifieds. And, you know, gosh, it, it it feels like there's always so much to talk about with the modifieds. But 
uh, a series of really good races at New Smyrna. And now we've got uh, some opportunity, perhaps, for some drivers to win more cash coming up on the Wheeling Tour. So we'll start with Smyrna and talk about, uh, I'll just I'll just start this with Ryan Priest because, you know, Ryan's a driver who went over the wall. Yes, folks, if you missed it, he went over the wall at Bronson Speedway due to a stuck throttle uh, before the new Smyrna modified racing started. Totally destroyed a race car. Um, gave himself a good reason to take some Advil. But um, other than that, wasn't hurt, thank the Lord. And he comes back a day or two later and wins at Smyrna. That's what Ryan Priest does. Yeah, so for those fans who didn't see, uh, it's on social media. If you visit one of Ryan's social media channels, uh, you'll see the wreck he had at Bronson in the kickoff to Speed Week main event that they had planned down there. Uh, good chunk of cash on the line there. Matt Hirschman ended up going into victory lane there uh, after a fight with Craig Lutz. But Priest in practice on the throttle out of turn four, the throttle sticks. He ends up over the fence in turn one. Uh, severe amount of damage to his car, of course, ending his night there. That car was not going to be fixed. He actually had to... Uh, bring a front loader to get it off the the grass in turn one, which was something I hadn't seen uh, at all. So uh, glad Ryan's okay, but you're right. He goes over there to New Smyrna. And I mean, we knew he was going to be one of the favorites, right? We knew he was going to be one of the cars that was going to be up front all week uh, in the Tortate Modified ranks. He wins a couple races uh, throughout the week, of course. And then a couple other times throughout that week, Joe Jacob, a rear end part failure on his car twice in the same week the same part failing and priest admitting at the end of the week, Hey, I was trying something a little bit different and it didn't work. It kind of melted out the pieces in the rear end that I needed. Uh, and unfortunately for him, it cost him a shot at the title in the end. Yeah, it really did. And that's unfortunate because without that failure, Ryan probably steamrolls Kyle. Would that be an accurate word to the new Smyrna title? But as it is, his, I would call him arch rival, when it comes to modified racing, at least during this portion of the season, Matt Hirschman ends up with said title. And for all the things that Matt has done, seeing him finally come away with a Smyrna title, that to me, felt a little bit special because this has been a place that's been hard on him for, well, a long time. Yeah, so so the difference there between Priest and Hirschman going into this week, I think Priest uh, knew he was going to be strong right off the truck. I think there was a little bit of question there for Hirschman what they were going to have when they unloaded. And all week, this, I kept hearing the same phrase uh, from Matt Hirschman, and that was, the car's just not to my liking yet. They They couldn't find the handle on it. Uh, most of the week. And when, when I say that, you would think, you know, the best field in years, a 30-car field down there in New Smyrna, you would think that Hirschman's running outside the top 10. That wasn't the case. He was still a top five car every single night. He finished top five every night uh, right up until that finale. And then the finale, I mean, I think he had the best car. The first half of the race, Hirschman was dialed in, leading the race. The second half of the race, after a pit stop, Priest able to pass him for the lead uh, and go on to win. But Hirschman able to take that title Matt Hirschman's done a lot of things over the last couple of years, uh, winning tour-type modified races really all over the East Coast, winning a lot of money. And this just kind of adds to his resume, Jacob. One of those things I know he wanted to capture, uh, and he's finally been able to do it. Yeah, I mean, genuinely, when I realized it was his first Smyrna title, I was shocked, Kyle, for all the things that he's done. As you mentioned, he's won every big money race in tour-type modified racing pretty much that there is to win. But never at Smyrna, it just seemed like one thing or another 
always cost him. And in the end, it was one thing or another that bit Ryan Priest. So basically, the fortunes reversed this time. Finally, everything for Hirschman goes right, and it's misfortune for the competition that hands him the title. Well, he was extraordinarily consistent, as we're used to seeing as well. Yeah, we're used to seeing Matt Hirschman be one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent driver on a lot of the tours up here. And he doesn't normally show everything he's got, Jacob, until the final you know, 10 or 15 laps of that race when he saved his tires. And really, at the end of the race, oftentimes we say that he's got the best car uh, and there's no second guessing it. But down there in Smyrna in the Evans 100, of course, it was also uh, in honor of Ted Christopher, a late addition to the name of that event, making it the Evans Christopher Memorial a great car for Hirschman in the first half of that race. The difference was when they got to that pit stop, you know, Ryan Priest made a little bit of an adjustment. Hirschman told me after the race, I knew we were good. We needed to be a little bit better and we didn't get any better. And Ryan did. So Ryan ended up winning the race, but you know, I sensed a little bit of disappointment uh, in Hirschman's uh, words down there after the race. He was a little bit disappointed that they weren't able to seal the deal and win a race uh, like the, Richie Evans 100. I know he won the John Blewett Memorial 76, but he wanted to win those two big money, uh, big day events. I mean, those are the two races that when the modifieds go down to New Smyrna, you want to win in, in the honor of John Blewett uh, and in the honor of Richie Evans. So uh, obviously a little bit of disappointment from him, but I, I mean, in a way, how can you be disappointed with, with coming away with a championship amongst the series that had, as I mentioned earlier, Tom, I mean, you've been watching the new Smyrna Speed Weeks longer than both of us have been alive here at the round table. But I mean, this was one of the best fields we had seen in years down there for the world series of asphalt. Well, it was. And I think this is what you need out of the modified tour. This is the type of show that you need out of the tour to be able to convince other people besides wheeling and some of the other smaller sponsors they got to jump on board and build this thing back up. Truly, I think this is really the best racing of all of the NASCAR regional series right now. And I think especially this year, the amount of talent, Jacob, and the depth of competitive teams is growing even more than last year. And I think if they could just get a little bit more in the way of support and you know, purse money, that kind of thing. I think that you would see 30 cars a race for the tour and we would be able to see something we haven't seen in modified racing for years, which are even shows with 30 to 40 cars showing up. I just think modified racing in general needs a huge boost and there aren't enough Dunleavy's and, and some of the other guys that supported up in New England to really put it in the position it needs to be in. But I thought this was a great showcase for what the tour can be. Oh, look, a transition point, because the name that you didn't mention alongside Doug Dunleavy was Phil Kurz from Wheel and Engineering. Yes. And you're talking about wanting more money for modifieds. Yes. Well, Kyle, more money for modifieds, because Wheel and Engineering, Phil Kurz and the folks from NASCAR announcing this week that the Wheel and Winner of the Race bonus is picking up about, oh, three grand worth from $500 to $3,500 for each driver that wins a race on the tour this year, making every race save for the two Riverhead dates 10000 to win or more. As Doug Kobe put it in a message to me earlier this week, cha-ching! Yeah, and th this is something that I'm, I'm really happy that they were able to put together. Uh, Phil Kurz has been a supporter of the NASCAR uh, modified tour for a long time now obviously they announced their extension if you remember jacob down in charlotte 
uh, for the banquet that we attended. But this another way that these guys are going to be excited to go to the racetrack and capture some money. Now, you know, you mentioned three grand. So the, this is the wheel and winner of the race program. Uh, three grand on the line for that driver that wins the race, plus the 500 that it had already been on the line last year. So now we're up to $3,500 extra for the winner of the race. And that's going to push a majority of the NASCAR wheel and modified tour races over $10,000 to win. Uh, not all of them, but a majority of them. There's going to be a couple that are going to be under $10,000 to win, Tom. I know $10,000 to win may not seem like the end of, you know, a million bucks, but for these guys that are running this tour, any added bonus, especially 3000 worth, is going to make everybody excited. Oh, of course, and that's great. And it's awesome that Phil is willing to step up and was able to do that, and that I think that's fantastic. I think our next step needs to be, Somehow we need to find some companies to help bolster the rest of the field because you and I both know, Kyle, you've been watching races and Jacob has been watching races. You and I both know from talking to these racers that it isn't just the winner. It costs just as much for the you know 15th place finisher or the 24th place finisher to travel to a race as it does the winning team. So the more you can pay to start the race, obviously the better it is for the teams. And so it would be great if we could get some sponsors to spread some money throughout the field and make it uh, even more money to start these races. Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, NASCAR is hoping to to see happen uh, down the line. This obviously a step in the right direction. Sure and as is. with anything in racing, Absolutely. Every, everybody, everybody sees room for growth in every touring series. And I think NASCAR has done a, a good job over the last couple of years trying to give some of that money back to the racers and adding some bonuses. Uh, talking with Jimmy Wilson this week for the story uh, that I helped NASCAR home tracks put together, Jacob, not only the money bonus added for this year, but something else I think is cool. We're going to go back to, at most of the venues, live pit stops in the middle of the race. And Jimmy Wilson basically said to me, you know what? The drivers want this. The teams want this. This is what the fans want to see. So that's what we're going to do. So it's good for me uh, to talk to Jimmy and see that he did this and the tour did this. That way, the teams, the fans, the drivers get exactly what they want, which in the end, if they're getting what they want, it's probably going to produce some pretty good racing. Absolutely. I'm Tom, like you, I'm sure stoked that live pit stops are back at a lot of these tour races because that was a challenge that back in the earlier days of the tour really shook races up. This was something that was tradition for a long time and we got away from it in an effort to cut costs for the teams by not having to bring as many people to the racetrack. But I think now we're in an area where these teams are starting to figure out ways where they can bring people to the racetrack to be able to make live pit stops work in a cost-effective way. So I think this is a great thing for the tour to see how it comes back into play. And I think it presents a new challenge, a challenge that we've really needed to help shake some of these events up. It reintroduces a lot of strategy into these races, and I think it's going to make it that much more entertaining to watch through the course of the year. Well, I agree with that. And Live pit stops have been a part of long modified races for as long as I can remember. I mean, going to the Oswego Speedway growing up in the 70s, the modified Sportsman 200, we used to have live pit stops. I can't stand races that have a halfway break. I just hate stopping a race 
and giving teams 10 or 15 minutes or whatever to do what they want to do. To me, part of the part of the strategy of a long race is that you have to strategize. We're not stopping for you. You make your pit stop when you want. You have the right people. You do it how you want to do it and, you know, play that out to be around at the end. So Kyle, I'm, I'm thrilled that we're going back to live pit stops. And I think it's going to make the tour racing even that much more exciting. Yeah, I agree. And I I think one last tidbit to mention with this segment, I mean, New Hampshire's 250 lap race is going to have live pit stops as well. Uh, and that's going to be obviously the most marquee event of the year for the Wheel of Modified Tour with the longest race in the history of NASCAR Modifieds over at New Hampshire. That 250 lap race, of course, in combination with the Canon East and the NASCAR's Pinty Series. But uh, really looking forward to this year. There's a lot of cool incentives uh, for the teams, a lot of cool incentives for the fans that that are yet to be announced that I know we're going to be coming out shortly uh, and won't be long, guys, before we're down in Myrtle Beach for the opener. Very short offseason uh, in NASCAR. We know that, of course, already the Daytona 500 taking place, but I'm looking forward to uh, seeing those modifieds hit the track in South Carolina in just under a month. Yeah, it's definitely a short offseason, that's for sure. It seems like the older I get, the shorter it gets. But, uh, Kyle, we appreciate, obviously, your uh, joining us this evening and look forward to talking with you again next week. Have a great uh, weekend and week to come, and we'll talk with you next Thursday. That is Kyle Souza, NASCAR Home Tracks Wheel and Mod Tour PR extraordinaire area auto racing news scribe and of course one of our race chaser online uh journalists as well and with that we step aside when we come back lightning round time on the stock car show presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety you're listening to the show exclusively on the performance motorsports network You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing racing circuits you'll receive classroom instruction skid pad instruction in their cars including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in your car instructional sessions from a professional instructor have fun go fast and really learn how to drive call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details that's 304-725-8444 friday at the track at summit point motorsports park green light Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. 
automotive technicians, and auto service trainees. How would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch, Cisco Scaramuza, and of course, Bill Holt behind the glass, punching the buttons as our producer from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, and we have got... Just uh, not too long, actually, left in uh, tonight's show. I guess about seven or eight minutes. We're going to have some conversation here about Atlanta. But before we get to that, I want to do kind of a quick round the table here because we had some changes to the pit stop rules for this year. One less man over the wall. The gas man can no longer make wedge adjustments on the car. Uh, those types of things. The pit stops have slowed from 11 to 12 seconds to about 16, 17, maybe 18 seconds for some teams. Jacob, do you care? No, I really don't. Quite honestly, this is no different than the kind of pit stop times we had back in the 90s. I mean, at the end of the day, (laughs) it was almost going by so quickly you couldn't follow it. I kind of like a little bit slower pit stop because at least now you can really get a good sense for what's actually happening during the course of a pit stop. It's a little bit less chaotic to try and follow, if you will. But as far as overall, no, I don't really care. At the end of the day, a mistake is still a mistake on pit road. If you make a mistake, it's still going to cost you whether the pit stops 11 seconds or 16 seconds on average. So, no, I don't care. Cisco, do you care? I care for that for that one pit stop for that one pit guy who maybe isn't able to work now. Like for some of these smaller teams, a lot of guys will jump around to different crews. I think of my my buddy Gabe Wood, who's kind of working his way into that, and for him, it's you know. It's a little bit worrying to see that position be taken away because that's less jobs on race day. So that's my biggest issue with it. Okay, but you, my my question really was relating to the slower times. Oh, the slower Does it time bother? Now. Okay, Chris no. Murdoch. Um, I think it's interesting. I care in the fact that it's interesting to see what the drivers think about it now because you know you talk about the crew members, but. The drivers are, are really uh, interesting to hear from. I know listening to Daytona 500 Media Day with Kyle Larson and Joey Logano, it's like they drive into pit road and then they sit there. Yeah. And then they sit there. And then they're like, oh, well, the other guy's going just as slow, so he must be doing something right. So it's 
it's uh it's interesting to see how they they adapt to it and i think it'll be even more shown in atlanta this week yeah i agree your your rhythm i think is thrown off you've been used to i -hmm. stop and then it just sort of that circadian rhythm or whatever it's it's one, two, three, four, however you count it, and I'm gone, and now it's it, you're sitting there longer. Yeah, I've heard some of that conversation too, but for me personally as a fan, I don't care. I think it's actually more fun to watch this way because some of these guys are doing multiple jobs, and, you know, talk about athletic. I, I really do think that from that standpoint, I think NASCAR made a good change. Plus, it's less expensive. Okay, so let's move on to Atlanta, and let's talk cup for a bit. We come off a, a Daytona 500 where we basically learned absolutely nothing we can apply here at Atlanta. So, Jacob, in about a minute or so, what do you think we should expect this weekend at Atlanta in the Cup Series? Same as what we've been accustomed to the last couple of years, pretty much. The kings of mile-and-a-half tracks and conserving tires are going to be really good here. And I will be interested to see how the Camaros stack up in terms of the field. But let's keep in mind that out of all three manufacturers, we had a Ford win last year, by the way, with Brad Keselowski. Right. So I, I do, basically what I'm saying is what should we expect? Well, I don't think we know because I don't think we knew last year, and I don't think we really knew what to expect after we left Atlanta last Pick a winner. Year. Honestly? With the way he performed at uh, at Atlanta and being one of the best in the business to conserve his tires until it mattered last year, I honestly say I look for Keselowski to repeat. Okay, Cisco Scaramuza. Um, to pick a winner. Uh, okay, pick a winner. Just talk thoughts. about what do you expect from this week? Okay. Do you disagree um, with Jacob? As for winner. I all buy into the Camaro hype because we have every reason to, and I think it's going to be young money for number 42 Kyle Larson to rebound after what was a horrendous Daytona Speed Weeks. I won't pick Larson to win a mile-and-a-half race until after he's actually won one because he keeps finding ways to choke them away. Ooh. All right, well, that's that's true, but oh, my biggest thoughts going okay. into Atlanta is I'm staring at an entry sheet with only 36 cars on it in a 40-car capped field. Good. Yeah. I was wondering if anybody was going to bring that up, because if you didn't, I was going to. Yeah, I think that's sad. But, okay, we have a Kozlowski, and we have a Larson. Chris Murdoch, are you going to throw a third driver into the mix? And what do you think about what we should see on Sunday or Monday or whenever they get to run the race? And I won't I won't jump on the Camaro bandwagon, Tom. You know, I think they'll do well. I think they'll be able to compete. But I just don't think they've got the cars figured out enough to, to get the win yet. That'll take a little bit deeper into the season. I'm going to go with the Ford, uh, but it's not a Penske camp. It's going to come out of the Stuart Haas uh, racing camp. And Mr. Where Did He Come From, Kevin Harvick. He's due up for a yeah, win. Kevin he is... should have won that race last year, yeah. pit penalty, just saying. Yeah, Kevin's going to uh, certainly be a factor, I think, this weekend. However... Uh, I'm actually going to go against every single one of you because, in my opinion, I think we go right back to what we had last year on the mile and a half, and it's going to be a Toyota. Martin Truex is going to win the race, and I'll keep picking. I will. Well, let me rephrase that. I'll pick Martin until somebody actually beats him on a mile and a half, uh, which may be this weekend. Who knows? But I think Truex gets it done. And I actually think it is sad. We only have 36 cars 
And I think what's even worse very quickly is that I don't see that number really increasing very much through the season. I think we've got what we've got for most of the races, maybe one or two notwithstanding. When people like Michael Waltrip and Jeff Gluck come out on Twitter making comments that they're happy the field is is pared down to the charter teams, then that makes me fear for where this sport is at right now. Because what NASCAR used to be was the little team being able to have a chance. And in specific response to Michael, he forgets that his team was one of those teams once. Yeah. Just saying. And then he ended up becoming a, a, a big team when Toyota uh, did all that yeah. with him. So anyway, uh, we'll I, see what happens. We, It'll be interesting. Yeah. We need to end our rant because we need to end this show. Yeah, so, I guess we do. Thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, and our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Susan Mason, Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, Behind the Glass, and all the folks at PMN that make this show possible. For Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Chris Murdoch, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall, folks. And if you're headed to Atlanta this weekend, we might just see you at the racetrack. Have a safe racing weekend. Good, Good night. night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests. And do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. The advertisers or the marketing partners be listening again next week when the stock car show returns on thursday night at 7 eastern until then stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the performance motorsports network